Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented small law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, from the team that brought you the Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Zach Glazer. And I'm Jennifer Wiggum, and this is episode 468 of the Lawyerist Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. Today, Stephanie talks with one of our newest Lawyerist Lab coaches, Sapria. Today's podcast is brought to you by Postali, Posh Virtual Receptionist, and LawPay. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support, so stay tuned, and we'll tell you more about them later on. So Sapria started with us, I think... It has now been a month, and by the time this airs, it'll have been more time, mm. and she's amazing. Oh, yeah. She's already coaching some of her lapsers, and the feedback she's getting is incredible, and she has such a cool background. Mm-hmm. She was in the Army, number one. Mm. Interesting. Okay. She worked for David Lynch's Transcendental Meditation Center, okay. another thing. Okay. She's writing a book. I mean, she's been a coach. She is cool. But as attorneys, we're all writing a book. You can see my air quotes. We're yes, I can book, see. You know? Actually, it's funny. You didn't actually do the air quotes, so I can't see them. But this is this is radio, Jennifer. I don't I don't have to do. Yeah. Let me get my little horse clops out here so we can pretend a horse is behind us because we're doing old timey radio. <laughs> Just a big sheet of tin back thunder there for sheet, the thunder. I was going to say, yeah, the thunder sheet. <laughs> um, we are yes. on topic. It's raining here. Weird. Um, yes. Everybody's writing a book, but she's actually like doing it and it's happening. And I think she is either in the publishing stage or editing stage. Something's happening. But anyways, she's amazing. Oh, yeah. And she was at LabCon with us. That that I think was was where I, well, I mean, I guess that's where I met her in person. That's where I meet most of our team in person is LabCon or PlayoCon. Because, yeah, we are fully remote. But she's in Chicago, I think. And has been, yeah, it's been a wonderful addition to the team. What is kind of her specialty, if I can ask that? That's a great question. Well, she is very scientific. Mm -hmm. She has a scientific background. And so she will often bring in kind of science-related things into habits, into mindset, into systems. And that's always really fascinating because, you know, attorneys, we like, we, I'm not an attorney, Zach likes evidence proof (laughs) You know, why does this work? And she is she is able to bring that in, which I think is really, really cool. But otherwise, she's well-versed in all parts of the business, but she's really good at figuring out the real issue. Because sometimes you get on a call with a coach mm-hmm. and you think you have one issue and it's actually something deeper or something completely different. And she can very quickly untangle what the real root cause of something is. And I've seen her do it. And It's not magic. I mean, it's skill and it's talent Mm -hmm. and it's background, but it feels like magic sometimes the way she does that. So I'm really impressed by that. Well, let's hear from her herself with uh, Stephanie's conversation with Sapria. Hi, my name is Sapria Vinkitation and I'm a business coach at Lawyerist. I'm excited to join you today. Sapria, we are extremely excited because we love having you on the team. You joined us recently, but long enough that I feel like it's been a minute. Maybe just to kick us off, I know you have a long history of helping 
people, helping businesses, but maybe you could just share your brief story and how you got here. Sure. So my first career was actually in the U.S. military. I served six and a half years active duty, including being deployed to Iraq, as well as South Korea and Kuwait. And I went into leadership at a very young age, very quickly. And part of the reason I rose in leadership is because I had great leaders and mentors above me. At the time, I didn't know the word coaching, but that's exactly what was happening. I was being coached to excel and it worked. Like I thrived as a result. And those lessons I carried on with me beyond the military when I launched my first business and my daughter was born as a journalist and a content marketer, and then later in corporate as well. Um, and then I formally became a coach, but that's really where it started. Just really seeing the value of coaching and mentorship to someone who is earlier in the journey from where you're at. Yeah, I love that. And I think you also have really got focused in around mindset and our brain and how it works and and what it does for us on a daily basis. And I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about that work that you've done. Yeah, absolutely. So that actually is also tied into the military. I think one of the reasons I joined the military because I was interested in performing better physically, but I didn't realize at the time until I got in that it's all in the head. It has very little to do with, with your body. And that's something that, again, I trained informally through neuro-linguistic programming, energy psychology, mindfulness, a lot of different tools. But I'll just share one story from when I was in the military, if it, if it would be helpful. Before I joined the military, I was not athletic, even though I wanted to be and I try to take what's called a physical fitness test, because if you could get a specific score, then you'd actually come in at a higher rank, which would mean you'd come in with higher salary. And as an 18 year old, that's not great. You know, so I tried to take the test. I just find the pushups and pull-ups. But when I came to the run, I couldn't even run a mile. I started throwing up after I think a quarter mile into it. Like I just, I used to smoke a lot. I, I don't smoke currently, but I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes at the time and just had a very unhealthy lifestyle. So my body couldn't handle it. I could still get in the military, I just couldn't get that higher rank. So two weeks later, I find myself in boot camp in basic training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and they ask us to run one mile. And at this point, I realized I have to run one mile or else I'll be kicked out of the military and I've only been in for a week. So I just started running. I didn't look anywhere near me. I just, I was so scared. I just started running. I'm like, I have to do this as a survival thing. I needed to be in the military for a variety of reasons. And after a little bit of running, maybe, you know, four minutes or so, I'm not really sure how long I looked to my left and I didn't see a single person. And I looked to my right, and I didn't see anybody. And then I realized I was so far behind that I was never going to make it. So I started running even faster as I could. And then I still didn't see anybody. There's like a curve in front of me. And then I turned around and I saw all these people behind me. When I finished that line, I had ran one mile in seven minutes. Nice. And that's when I, that's when I realized it really is in the head and nothing to do with my physical performance whatsoever. This was a very powerful lesson for me at a young age because I realized anything I want to accomplish in life for myself or help others accomplish, it always starts in the mind. It has to do with how you think. In this situation, it happened very naturally, really because of fear, which is a strong motivator. But there's healthy ways to have motivation without fear. And I love helping now lawyers, uh, small business owners achieve you know, their goals by changing their minds and how they approach problems and various you know, challenges they run into. Yeah. It's so interesting because I do see, and I know you do too, that a lot of times business owners come in and they might be stuck with something, but really it is kind of in their mind. And so what do you say to those folks? How do you approach those problems or how do you recognize that that's actually what's happening? 
I think anytime we can't find a solution to a problem, we're stuck in the problem. So whenever I see somebody talking or expressing, you know, a challenge that they have where they're sort of circling or spinning in the problem, that's how I know how, how I personally can know that they're stuck in the problem. I think the first thing is to be aware of it. So to point them out, point it out to the person that A, there's always a solution to something. The fact that you can't see it means we need to change something. And another tool that I like to use is reframing. It's very, very powerful. I know you and I have talked about that before, but just even, you know, thinking about how you're looking at it. So just like, I'll, I'll give you an example. So yesterday I was on a coaching call with a person with one of the labsters and she was struggling a lot with boundaries with her clients. And that has caused a lot of overwhelm for her. She practices family law. So there's a lot of emotions, you know, often tied in those cases for her. And it was really, really affecting her work. And I recognized that and I, and then she recognized it as we discussed it. So I asked her to, to do something called perceptual positions, which is a visual way of reframing. So reframing can be done linguistically. It can also be done verbally as well as visually. So here we were doing it visually. So I asked her to imagine the situation that she was just in a few hours ago, or was a lot of emotions for her and the people involved. And therefore her behavior was a specific way which she didn't want to be. So I asked her to visualize the scene with, between her and the other person, and then to step into that scene, making sure she's looking through her own eyes. And so seeing the scene at the moment. So for all of the audiences that are listening right now, this would be a great exercise. I'd like you to just imagine a scene that took place recently for you in like the last, you know, 24 hours or last few days that was not a good scene, like a, not a good event for you that was negative in some way. So go ahead and drop into that moment, look at everything through your own eyes and just see everything that was in, occurring in that moment and hear your thoughts that you're having in that moment and feel the emotions that were in your body. Okay, go ahead and be with that just for a little bit. Okay, now I'd like you to mentally transport yourself into the body of the other person in front of you, the person you have a problem with, and see everything play out through their eyes. And then try to ascertain what their thoughts were. So hear mm -hmm. their self-talk, and then feel the emotions that they're feeling in this moment. Literally seeing the world through their eyes. Okay. Now I want you to imagine there's a security camera in the room and now mentally transport yourself into the, the security camera. So now you're seeing everything through this third perspective, a more objective perspective at you, the person, the room, everything that's occurring. Just see and hear everything that is there from this perspective. Okay, now I'd like to take another step back and imagine there's like an entity or God or something looking at the security camera was looking at the scene of you and the person. So this is the fourth perspective. And just see and hear everything from this larger perspective of the bigger picture. Okay, now you can open your eyes and come back. So if you did this exercise, you'll notice that with each new frame that you step into a literally new frame in your mind's eye, you're getting new insights and a new perspective and a new way of thinking about it. So in the case of my lobster, when she did this exercise, she got a lot more insights into what the other person was feeling and how that was actually more important than her own feelings and situation. And she had a lot more empathy and the charge that was there for her around what was occurring was dissolved because now it wasn't about her anymore. It was about the other person. And the other shift that occurred for her specifically when we did this, she stepped in the third and the fourth perspective. She could see how this moment was really not a big deal. 
and how she was making it a really big deal for herself. She was attaching meaning to something that didn't necessarily need to have as much meaning. That's another way of reframing is uh, context versus content. So when we're able to change the context, which is what we're doing here, we're not changing the content, we're just changing the context, which is how we're approaching it, then we have different insights. That's one way of doing it visually. And hopefully this is helpful for the people who are listening. Yeah. I mean, I did it. I didn't know we were going to do this, but I said, okay, (laughs) let's see what happens. And I envisioned a moment with my husband. And for me, what was most powerful was when I stepped into his shoes and I realized like he was probably trying to do something like very different than how I was approaching the situation. So that was a super helpful way of thinking about it. That Sometimes we forget what we bring to the conversation. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Yeah, the thing with thoughts is, uh, you know, every thought that we have actually has a structure to it, a neural pathway. So if we can just learn to literally change our neural pathway, then we change how we approach a problem. So it's just one way. But there's, you know, as we, as you and I have talked before, there's so many ways of changing our mind and therefore changing our perception. Yeah. So that's a good example. In that case, I think that was visual. What are some other ways that we can use this technique or use the reframing that comes up for us? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So another way that to do it is with words or with language and and you can reframe limiting beliefs specifically. And this comes up a lot for uh business owners and lawyers because as as you and I both know, it's usually the limiting beliefs that limit you from achieving your potential. So one way to do it with with words is to actually either write it down or or talk it out with a coach. But if you're going to write it out, I want you to think about whatever you want to achieve that's difficult for you to achieve it, whether it's a micro goal in your business or a, a, like a very big goal, like achieving, you know, a hundred to 200 times your revenue, which would be a bigger goal or something small, just whatever you're struggling to achieve and has been a problem. And then I want you to list out all the reasons of why you cannot. So these are your excuses, your justifications, and it could be something external to you. Like I don't have a specific resource that I need or it could be something internal, like I don't have the, the motivation or the energy. Either way, again, um, it could be constraint, like my childcare situation is making it difficult, again, external or internal, either way. But list out all of the reasons why you can't. All those reasons are limiting beliefs. So then you write the opposite of that. So for example, if it's I'm so physically tired because of my work schedule that I can't actually get up an hour earlier to do the task. I'm just making this up. If that's the, the, the thing that needs to get done and that's the reason why, then maybe you could reframe that to actually every day I'm getting stronger by changing my health and therefore having more nutrition, more energy in the morning. So that would be one way to reframe it, right? So find the opposite belief, the counter belief to the negative belief that you have, and then just reframe it. And then by repeating this to yourself a few times, then you're changing the neural pathway. This is really the power of affirmations, which, you know, actually there's a lot of science studies behind the effect of affirmations on your mindset and how we can actually help you achieve goals. Even though it's seen as a very woo-woo thing and a spiritual thing, it's very much backed by neuroscience. But the, the trick to making affirmations work is to make sure it's a counter belief to your negative belief or limiting belief that you have. And then making that your affirmation moving forward. And that changes how you approach it. So it takes a little bit more time, but it's highly, highly effective. Yeah, I want to jump in because I think if I'm catching you, what I didn't hear you say is just get up an hour earlier or beat yourself up. Like I always always tell myself, like, just get up earlier and get yourself going. And then the next morning when I don't, I start beating myself up. Like, what is your problem? You're so lazy. Like, it's not that hard. There's plenty of business owners that 
I read all these people that have the perfect morning routine and they get up at 5 a.m. and they meditate and they stretch and then they read and then they write. And I'm like, what is your problem? Why can't you just do that? <laughs> exactly. We, we want to prevent that spiral and also the, the shame and guilt and the negativity that you're creating for yourself. That's not helpful, right? That doesn't add any value to your life. If anything, it takes away from your self-esteem and confidence and prevents you from doing that thing that you need to do. And with the reframing and change and having an affirmation as well, you might not have the result within one day. So if you start telling yourself the very next day, you might not get up an hour earlier. It will take a little bit of time, but after a few days, you will start to maybe get up a little bit earlier or change whatever you need to do to get up earlier, whether it means going to bed earlier or changing your diet or schedule with the kids or whatever it is, you'll start to make these small changes because your neural pathway has changed and is getting stronger because whatever was there in the past has its own strength in your brain. So we're, you know, reducing that strength of that previous thought pattern and creating a, a strength of a new thought pattern, if that makes sense. It does. It sounds like it sounds easy and hard at the same time, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yes. Well, we're thinking fast and slow. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, let's use this chance to take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors and we'll come back. We'll talk more about how we can shift our thoughts. The Lawyer's Podcast is brought to you by Posh Virtual Receptionists. As an attorney, do you ever wish you could be in two places at once? You could take a call while you're in court, capture a lead during a meeting, or schedule an appointment with a client while you're elbow deep in an important case? Well, that's where Posh comes in. Posh is a team of professional, U.S.-based live virtual receptionists who are available 24-7, 365. They answer and transfer your calls so you never miss an opportunity. With Posh handling your calls, you can devote more time to billable hours and building your law firm. And the convenient Posh app puts you in total control of when your receptionist steps in. So if you can't answer, Posh can. And if you've got it, Posh is always just a tap away. With Posh, you can save as much as 40% off your current service provider's rates. Even better, Posh is extending a special offer to Lawyerist listeners. Visit posh.com forward slash Lawyerist to learn more and start your free trial of Posh Live Virtual Receptionist Services. That's posh.com forward slash Lawyerist. And by LawPay. Don't be the last to discover why the legal industry is raving about LawPay Pro. Say goodbye to manually recording your working hours and chasing down late payments. Accurately track time, reclaim billable hours, and get paid faster with all the billing and invoicing features you need in one easy-to-use tool. Plus, plans start as low as $19 per month per user. Visit www.lawpay.com slash lawyerist to learn more. And by Postali. At Lawyerist, we know marketing is an essential piece of a firm's growth strategy. While marketing may be on your radar, the branding process is often glossed over. Our partners at Postali can develop your law firm brand. Postali is a full-service marketing agency working with attorneys nationwide. Their team will guide you through an exercise and then deliver a blueprint that powers your firm's internal operations, visual identity, and marketing efforts. Branding is more than just a logo and color palette. Taking the time to define your target audience, vision, and core values will ensure that you have a well-aligned internal team ready to help you set and achieve your growth goals. Visit postdolly.com slash branding to get started. All right. So I'm back with Sapria and we've been exploring this idea of reframing. And I think what's been so helpful for me so far is recognizing how often we have these limiting beliefs that we might not even be 
conscious of it, right? Like they're probably happening all day throughout the day. And we don't even really have the space or time to really step back and realize that this is what's happening and that we're in a way like hurting ourselves without knowing it. Is that fair to say? Yes, totally. And I think part of that is it's really survival. So our brains, the human brain has evolved for survival. And that means looking for danger, looking for fear, looking for all the bad things and the negative things as much as possible. It's not really about thriving and accelerating and having 10x productivity. That's not what the brain is wired for. So it's naturally that way. So science shows that 90% of our thoughts every single day is negative and that they're happening on autopilot. We're not even aware of them. I know you and I have talked in the past about, you know, for example, like gender, like for women, we're often taught to even at a, at a subconscious level to be subservient to our you know husbands or male partners in our lives, even though consciously it's not how we live our life at a subconscious level that's there, right? Again, it's a survival thing, something that we've been conditioned to to look for and feel and think from being a you know young girl in the eras that we have grown up in. Thankfully, things are changing today, but it's still there. You know, the Cinderella story of like needing Prince Charming to come sweep you off your feet is often there as a cultural mythology that we bought into. So this is another, um, you know, example of a limiting belief that we have that prevents our own income potential as women, for example. But certainly there's a lot for entrepreneurs out there. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. And so once we, once we're aware, or once we realize like, maybe this is happening to me and I didn't even know it. What's the next step? What should somebody be doing? What do they do with this information? Yeah, I think the first step is to first identify, right? Becoming self-aware. That's really the trick. If you're not self-aware, then there are still, those patterns will still be there. And the way to become self-aware is just to ask that question. Like, why can't I have this thing that I want? And those aren't like actual reasons or limiting beliefs. All of them are limiting beliefs. If we can figure out a way to get to the moon, then we can figure out a way to overcome whatever that limiting belief you have is. It is limiting. It's not just a regular belief. And the second is that repetition. So earlier, I know we said that, you know, it's easy and it's hard. Well, it's easy because you can do the reframing part. That's actually not challenging. But what's hard is repetition. And that really just takes practice. And when you think about it, repeating something is actually not that much work, you know? So just repetition, just, just getting in that consistency. You can either repeat it to yourself or you can record yourself on an audio tool. There's a, a various apps for, for iPhones and Androids out there that you can record yourself and put in a loop. To just listen to it repeatedly. I love to personally listen to this like in the morning when I'm getting ready for the day, even when I'm in the shower, I put in the windowsill so I can listen to it or while I'm, you know, getting like brushing my hair, brushing my teeth or cooking at the end of the day. So you're just programming. So the more programming you can do on autopilot begins to happen at the unconscious level. So it's not really that much effort to do it once you get into the habit and the routine. So I would strongly recommend that. Yeah. Journaling is also a really powerful tool. Again, I feel like this gets sort of like a bad rap, uh, like woo woo or like soft, but it's, it's very, very powerful as a tool for introspection to help you uncover those beliefs. So I think it's really powerful from that perspective. At the end of the day, just to sit down and ask yourself, what was successful today? What was not successful today? What are basically wins and setbacks, either daily or weekly or both? And then seeing like what the patterns are, and that will help you see what the challenges are and therefore then do that next step of figuring out what your limiting beliefs are. Yeah. So I love that you bring this new level of expertise to the team that we've had at different levels on the team before, but you're just so knowledgeable in it, which is amazing. I guess I'm just curious if you have any examples of how 
what sometimes feels woo-woo to me. I'm the one who called it that at first. So you've been teaching me the science, but like what kind of shifts have you seen with the people that you're working on with their businesses or with themselves by just doing some of these, like we said, simple yet hard because you have to repeat it activities? Sure. So I would just to clarify the affirmations aspect I haven't done with my lobsters, but certainly reframing and helping them uncover limiting beliefs and things of that nature we've done and another mindset work. I would say, I think most people don't realize that we are emotional creatures. We think we're logical and analytical, but we're not. We are really ruled by emotion. If you look at, you know, my background is in marketing and understanding the user's mind. It all boils onto emotion and emotional regulation. So I think helping people change their emotions changes how they approach their problems and therefore the the results. I've only been a lawyerist for a little over a month. So my lapsers I haven't had for that long to achieve like really great big, you know, milestones, but they've certainly had small milestones. For example, getting time back in their schedule. Many of them have have seen a reduction in their work hours without a change in their revenue. And that goes back to that emotional regulation. So now they can see the picture clearly. But I think that's the biggest change I've seen. Just this morning, I got a note from a different lapster who really wanted to have a specific morning routine for herself, but she couldn't because of, you know, the cycle of time of how her schedule was the night before and then during the business day as well. But now she's at the place where she can go to work at at 9 a.m. and finish at 3.30 p.m. to be with her kids every day. Because that was really, really important to her to be with her kids every day. And she was not able to do that in the past. So now she is. So I'd say that's a really big win that I've seen is that the time, the time abundance Yeah, I love that. We are so excited for all the work that you're doing with our labsters, bringing this different level of expertise. But I guess maybe to address, there could be some people who are listening that are like, well, if Sapria is my coach, am I going to have to do a lot of this type of work? Or do you still help people with what we've traditionally done in labs? Somebody may be wondering that. Yeah, no, it's a great question. So I I don't like assign any mindset work to my coaching clients just because that's not what we do at Lawyerist. But as we converse, you know, I'll point things out and help them reframe in the moment. But there's no like mindset work to be done. Um, but it is it's very heavily focused on your business. And we have a very specific methodology that we follow here at Lawyerist to make sure you have a, a healthy firm, a healthy owner, healthy processes. So we have a a whole structure and a flow of how our coaching calls go week by week to make sure that we're doing the right thing that is right for your business at that stage of your business. I love that. And I'm so excited that you're on the team and just learning. You've already taught me so much. It's only been, it feels like it's been a lot longer than a month, but I just love all the new knowledge and expertise you bring to our team. And I've been learning so much from you. And we can't wait to share you even more with the community. So don't worry, because Sapria will be back on soon. Thank you, Stephanie. It's a joy to be here. The Lawyerist Podcast is edited by Brittany Felix. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discuss here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com forward slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com forward slash community forward slash lab to schedule a 10 minute call with our team to learn more. The views expressed by the participants are their own and are not endorsed by Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you. Thank you.